This is Paul Nobles from eToPerform.com, and I am without my trusty assistant, April Blackford. Um, April may or may not be showing up. I'm sure she probably texted me some kind of, I'm at the grocery store or something. But uh, you guys have me. Unfortunately, today this is going to be a little bit shorter anyway, so this actually works out kind of perfect. Uh, if you have any questions, this would be a great day to, to ask them. We do have, um, so I should probably run through a little business type stuff. We have a, a new challenge that, well, our old challenge is ending right now. Um, we had kind of a short little truncated challenge for people that were just really gung-ho about getting going right after the first of the year. And then we kind of do the bigger challenge after that on the 16th. And so, uh, you know, people have been getting the new Reebok lifters, the new um, Nano 7s, and all of that's going to still be in play for the, uh, you know, the challenge that's going to start on the 16th. We do a lot of daily challenges. The way the Eat to Perform challenges work is very different from other challenges. You know, a lot of people are, you know, trying to lose 20 pounds as fast as possible and if you do that maybe you can win um, and you beat all the other people that are trying to also lose as much weight as possible. Problem with that is as most of you guys know <clears throat> is that that doesn't tend to be sustainable and, and people tend to uh, kind of get stuck in that rut. So actually I, I wanted to make a video about this, a short video, so this would be a good time until somebody comes up with some questions to talk about my first and only paleo challenge. So a lot of people think that we're, you know, ambivalent to paleo because, um, or even against paleo because we have kind of our own system. And in fact, you know, pretty much any way that you would want to eat, we can sort of fit in with Eat Perform and just kind of give you sort of the, the ideas on how to make that better. And so uh, before, you know, I, I'd gotten smart about tracking food, things of this nature, I'd already lost a lot of weight. This was actually after I got down to 149, 8% body fat, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I knew coming out of that, basically, most of the time I was eating, um, you know, anywhere from three to 5,000 calories, uh, 5,000 calories mostly during the summer and sort of tapering things down to, to, towards the end. Uh, I probably sat at about 155 pounds most of the summer and only needed like six pounds and that six pounds was ridiculously hard. Even though I only went down to 2,000 calories, <clears throat> um, it felt ridiculously restrictive given the amount of workouts that I had become accustomed to doing. And so what ended up happening is I knew, and I kind of remember the dates actually, uh, I believe it was right around December 11th where... Um, I'd reached my goal, body fat tested. You know, I think a lot of people have seen those pictures. If you haven't, uh, I'm trying to think of 
Um, if you go to Eat Perform and Google Paul before and after, there's some pretty good images there. Um, and, and I've actually even posted kind of the beginning of the beginning um, on the Eat Perform page. And so there's an album for that. So if you want to go to the Facebook page, you can check that out. So coming out of this, I knew that my next goal was to build muscle. And so what I tried to do at that point was, um, well, I knew I was going to be eating a little bit more, similar to the way that I had during the summer. I had seen so many good results. Was not scared to go back to um, 155 and did so relatively quickly. Um, for the gym that I was going to, at that time, there was no eat to perform. And so what I was doing here locally was I was working with people, body fat testing, and I had a group of four to five gyms that I would bring to the University of Minnesota. And uh, quit doing that a while back, but uh, actually have done that, uh, you know, up to a couple years ago. So it's relatively, um, relatively short time frame. So... Coming out of being really lean and what I felt to be pretty restrictive at the time, most people don't consider you know 2,000 calories to be restrictive. And actually, the 2,000 calories was only on um, one to two days a week. It was not something that I did consistently. And uh, you know, I, I'd started it mid-November and then obviously ended around December 11th. And so my gym was doing a paleo challenge and I was in charge of the body fat testing. And we, uh, you know, I said that I would participate, but that my goal was to build muscle. Um, you know, if anybody knows my story, one of the things that you know is I got down to 149 pounds and that I was really small at that time. And so uh, once you see what lean looks like, sometimes you, you know, there's always this meme that you see on the internet where um, there's a, per, uh, you know, uh, an animation of someone that's overweight and then an animation of them losing some weight six months later with the caption saying that wasn't it. And while I had a really good relationship with myself, I did have a vision of what I thought that, you know, eight to nine percent would look like. But what I didn't really know would eight to nine percent would look like without a great deal of muscle. And I, you know, it actually put on 15 pounds of muscle. I think that when, you know, some of these numbers, um, you know, are off at the top of my head. But I think when I started body fat testing, I had 125, 127 pounds of lean mass. Um, when I started lifting weights, I put on 15 pounds of muscle. So that was actually the thing because I sort of got stuck at 20 to 21%. That was actually the thing that pushed me to 8 to 9%, um, the, the weight loss. When I started lifting weights, um, seriously, um, and this was probably about a rough six-month period, I put on 15 pounds of muscle, and I did lose an additional 10 pounds 
Um, and I made no secret about it. I was working out a lot at that point and really pushing um, my work capacity. And one of the things that I remember most clear about that was just how lucky I was to not get injured. I mean, I went from never weightlifting at all to deadlifting 405 pounds in that time. Um, <clears throat> and in general, I avoided some, some pitfalls that a lot of people struggle with. And actually, for the most part, other than just nagging little stuff and kind of tightness, um, which I would attribute to being under recovered there was a, there's a local gym here um called movement minneapolis and um there's two people one of the one of the gals is jen sinkler who's very well known within the fitness community and then her husband dave delanave and what they are big fans of is biofeedback and while i did not spend a lot of time with those guys they did introduce me to that idea, and that idea did, in fact, change my life because um, up to the time that I met them, you know, I was really focused on adding work capacity at any cost, and what they introduced me to, they didn't really say this outright, but what... I started to realize is that if I kept going on the path that I was going, that I was going to hit a point of resistance and it was going to be real bad. And so that was a wake up call. A lot of people don't listen to those wake up calls. I had just seen too much progress. I lost a hundred pounds. Um, you know, I'd, I'd become more fit than I'd ever been in my whole life. And so, you know, it was this phase where I was really going to focus on being, uh, you know, smarter and not harder, right? And so, uh, right around this time, you know, Whole30 was the big thing. This was maybe a year or two after the big fallout between Rob Wolf and, and CrossFit. And so, Whole30 came in and, and filled that gap. And in a lot of ways, you know, their message was... Um, very restrictive and did appeal to a lot of people who thought that they needed to starve their themselves to optimal body composition and even though i had the exact opposite experience um i did want to know what they did dallas and melissa at that time were pretty gracious to me um i've i've had my critiques of them um since you know, we've become a little bit bigger, more science-based, things of that nature. Um, but in general, I think the idea of whole foods representing the majority of the way that you eat should be something that most people should be down for, right? And um, so we had this really restrictive paleo challenge. Um, as I said earlier, it... Uh, was my first and only paleo challenge and the reason why was because we had maybe two to three people that actually um, had better body fat percentage and we had I'd say 
10 to 15 people that their body fat percentage got worse. And one of those people was me. Um, because I was really focused on uh, getting in calories, making sure that I was uh, you know, eating enough fats. Wasn't so focused on carbohydrates at that point. Uh, you know, I remember having a, a ribeye each day. Uh, you know, my carbs, you know, if my carbs are in the neighborhood of 300 to 400 grams right now, it was probably 200 to 225. So not super restrictive, but not um, enough for, for muscle protein turnover. And because I was really focused on um, fiber um, and fats, a lot of that stuff actually blunts some of the response that you would get from the start to your carbohydrates. And, and even though my calories were good, um, the specific calories uh, probably weren't what we would recommend to this day. And uh, there wasn't really even um, a great deal of tracking at, that, at this point. And so, um, like I said, uh, we had a, a couple people that had really bad uh, responses. And even as, you know, I actually went up to 154, 155. Um, and probably within six months of that, I decided to go up to 165. And I stayed there for a couple years, actually. And uh, part of the idea with building muscle is that if you're not gaining weight, um, you're going to have a difficult time turning lean mass over. And so that's why I decided, you know what, I'd be comfortable um, going up, up 10 pounds. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, being um, 8% did not, it was not my ideal. Um, I liked it. There was no question about that. I worked out with my shirt off a lot and stuff like this, but I was not a muscular guy at that at this point. Um, since that time and and kind of fast forwarding to now, um, boy, the uh, I put on about fifteen to twenty pounds of muscle, and uh, my weight is actually one seventy five. Uh, body fat percentage right at eleven to thirteen. And uh, I'm actually, uh, you know, depends on how things go. But in March, I may look to cut down right now 175 just to get right under um, 170. But um, I may not need to cut. Um, part of the reason why is just because, you know, sometimes volume can be um, an adjuster. And so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, one of the things I have done, um, kind of in anticipation of the CrossFit Open, uh, a lot of the times, you know, I think this will be my seventh CrossFit Open. And so, uh, you know, in the first couple years, I went in a little prepared. Now that I know, you know, I don't really have any chance of making the CrossFit Games, my motivation isn't always the best in terms of going into, um, you know, the open a little bit more prepared. Um, so I'm just trying to get my air back. Um, really liking it, actually. 
uh, you know, I've always made it a point to, you know, I go to a lift club twice a week and usually get either one or two um, workouts other than that. And then, you know, I'll do a lot of body weight stuff and do a fair amount of low intensity work, you know, most days actually. So, I, so my um, activity level is relatively high, but, uh, you know, just getting that athlete air, you know, is something that, that I'm working on. And typically it takes probably three to six weeks for that to come back. So kind of excited about that. Um, having a good time with it. You know, like I said, uh, you know, I wrote an article about this. You can find on Need to Perform. It should be the first article you see. And it's talking about preparing for fitness competitions as a skilled athlete. And I think every skilled athlete should take a look at that. I have another article on, on me being a skilled athlete that's probably not as good as that one. But um, you can also search that on Need to Perform or just, you know, type in Need to Perform skilled athlete but um if you know toes to bar coming up in an open workout um i'll probably end up doing it you know if it's toes to bars and then straight into bar muscle ups i'll just do scaled um i don't have any problem um being in the scaled group i do actually consider myself a scaled athlete when i do participate in fitness competitions Unless there's a master's group, um, you know, 48 years old, uh, I typically, you know, compete scale. So um, there's still deficiencies that, uh, you know, I could work on. The problem is, is you have bang for your buck, right? On the one hand, you'd like to get better at certain things. And on the other hand, you know, let me give you a great example. Okay, so for a long time, I was really working on a ring muscle-up and got really close a lot of the time. But when I would get to the transition point, you know, um, I have a bad left shoulder. It doesn't stop me from necessarily exercising all the time, but uh, it it got to the point of, of I wouldn't say injury, but it would it would act up and then... It would stop me from doing certain workouts. And so even though I'd like to get better at that, I'd like to get better at double unders, I'd like to get better at a number of things, you know, what I really go to my gym for is a good workout. And so when I'm hurt, I can't work out. And so my big focus is working out and making sure that I'm not, you know, pushing myself um, so hard that it's going to take me out of the gym, potentially tear my rotator cuff and, and all these other things just because of deficiencies that I've had since I was 17 years old. And so it's just something to keep in mind. So back to the paleo challenge. Um, we had a number of people that lost a good deal of muscle. Like I said, I was one of them. But my muscle loss wasn't that high. It was, you know, two to three pounds, something like that. And the minute I um, added the carbohydrates back um, and lowered my fats a good bit, uh, I was able to fix that problem. Um, a lot of the other people, it was pretty obvious right off the bat that 
they were just being way too restrictive. And, you know, you can overdo chicken and kale, right? And, you know, they would come to workouts. Their workouts weren't very good. Um, they started to have kind of that loose skin thing. And there was at least two people that actually lost. Now, this was, you know, once again, this was not something that I was prescribing. I was not, you know, working with these people. They were just members of my gym. The only role that I had was body fat testing. And while I knew some of the issues and some of the, the things that people um, could do to affect things positively, you know, at that point, there was no eat to perform. There was no 1.4 million fans on Facebook. So people just viewed me as a gym member. And in fact, you know, people still view me as a gym member. I think in general, there's probably a little bit of understanding that we talk to thousands of people on a daily basis. And, and that buys me a little bit of um, uh, goodwill. But, uh, but it's really funny because at my gym and at, you know, in my family, uh, people don't really use me as a resource, which I think is hilarious. I lost 100 pounds. Um, and uh, it's funny, um, Ben is saying that he wants to learn more. Um, ben is actually a guy I know from the past. Um, what I remember the most about Ben is that uh, he was a really good athlete. Um, and we used to play uh, in a touch football league in Northeast Minneapolis. And I remember at the time being very overweight. And there is a piece of me that would love to know what it's like to be the level of fitness that I have right now and play football. But the problem is, is that, um, um, you know, you just get scared to death because I remember, and Ben, ben will probably attest to this, there were so many people that ended up like tearing their ACL and just massive injuries. And, and we were young at that time. I think I was 32 when we were playing in that league and Ben was a little bit younger than I, most of the guys were tend to be a little bit more athletic than I, it was, it was really kind of a fun thing just to get together and watch Monday night football. And, you know, we'd play 30 to 45 minutes and pretend like we were being physical, but in general, it wasn't, um, this massive thing. So to kind of finish the story with the, the paleo challenge, um, almost no one really lost any substantive body fat and, the people that did, um, they were mostly fit already. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah it, same for me, Ben. I, as, as fit as I am and as much as my life has changed, um, you know, you just always get fearful of that, uh, that one hole in the ground or something like that. But uh, what, what really occurred to me was that Paleo was a good model in kind of as a basic framework. So if you were, you know, eating Mountain Dews and, and drinking Cokes and, 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 and eating M&Ms every single day, you could start eating Paleo and, and that'd probably be a little bit better than what you were doing. 
But in general, I mean, I've kind of known that since I was five years old, right? That if I overeat, you know, uh, soda and, and uh, M&Ms, that stopping doing that helps. And so it's really kind of that next level where you get a little bit more specific as it relates to macronutrient ratios, as it relates to um, calories in general. And what, what happens for most people, especially around the, the new year, is people get really so aggressive. And in a lot of ways, it compromises their resolutions because when you put together a plan that's really super extreme, and let's say that I'd started off, you know, um, you know, at the 2,000 calories that I ended up landing at, and, and ultimately that ended up being very uncomfortable, and that was a really short period of time. It's routine for people to um, prescribe calories like that for themselves. Meanwhile, um, I was able to lose a lot of weight you know, eating anywhere from three to 5,000 pounds because of the amount of work that I was able to do, because of the amount of sleep that I was able to get, the amount of recovery that um, I was able to, you know, um, generate just by, you know, less stress, working out more efficiently, and ultimately being being smarter. You know, I, I mean, the uh, I just had some, some pot roast, little vegetables, little white rice. Um, I think people always get surprised at, you know, the fact that one, I eat mostly whole foods, but I eat them in a good amount. And uh, two, that, you know, I've been able to sustain that for a very long period of time. And, uh, you know, I think most people probably realize right now, you know, at least anybody that's been kind of a fan of Eat to Perform for a while, that this is... Um, how Eat to Perform happened, because as um, I was talking to people, there was some people that were listening. There was a few people that kind of pretended to be listening. And then there was the people that lost all the muscle and they wanted to point the finger at the body fat testing. They wanted to point the finger. Certainly it couldn't be, you know, you know, eating, under eating, being the problem. I'd already solved that issue for myself, you know, years previous to that. And that um, when no one would listen, what I started to do was blog on a blog called yourdietsucks.com, um, I think. And I, I don't even know that it exists. You can like look in Google Wayback or whatever. Um, so I started off Your Diet Sucks, did not think anyone really have any interest in it one way or the other. Um, and found that people were very interested in it, and especially people that were really, you know, okay with doing a little hard work. And um, that was sort of my MO, is that, you know, when I, I guess I was like everybody who quits cigarettes or goes on a diet. You know, when I first started off, you know, you start shouting it out at the top of your lungs that that something's working for you um, in, in hopes that you'll end up getting... Uh, someone that would be willing to join you in that journey. And so um, when I couldn't find family members and and really even a lot of gym members because there was just such a culture of paleo, even though paleo was visibly showing to, to have some, some faults. And I will say, like, since 
that time, paleo has gotten a lot better when you look at you know, Mark Sisson and Rob Wolf. The messages that those guys talk about you know, end up being really good. Unfortunately, in the case of Whole30, they sort of doubled down on their super restrictive ways. And I don't really hear much about Whole30 anymore. I'm sure that they're, they're, they still exist. Um, and, and I guess, you know, people probably do fall back into that. My concern is just eating disorder type behavior when, um, you know, there's a term in science called orthorexia and orthorexia is basically, you know, kind of this, you know, really relying on clean eating as being, um, almost, you know, too extreme, right? And so it's something that you have to keep an eye on. And I think, you know, there's probably a lot of people that have seen, you know, and progressed, you know, well, moving to more whole foods basis. But I just don't like the, the resets and the, the you're naughty if you do this or you're good if you do that. You know, I'm not a big naughty and nice food guy. I lost 100 pounds without doing that. So um, anyway. Appreciate everybody listening to this. Hopefully, this was helpful. Um, I think that uh, you know this gave me the I, the chance to unpack which what is something that uh, you know happened a while ago, and and that was the birth of Eat to Perform. And within you know most people know, you know within a month to two months, we had two hundred and and fifty thousand uh, fans. So Ben's asking, how can he get in touch with me? If you want to look me up on Facebook, you're more than welcome to. Um, Paul Nobles Jr. Um, I would say for regular folks, um, you know, the the best way is to become a member. You know, um, you could also, um, we have a chat function on the website at Eat to Perform. So that would be something that you can look at you know, I, I, we do deal with thousands of people. It is very difficult to, to reach me and have a substantive conversation. Um, Kimberly's saying that she's um, listening to the new audio book that we have for the, the, the fat loss answer, which is a, is a nice addition that we've added to our last two books. And uh, I myself am a big audio book fan. So appreciate everybody listening and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.